Welcome to the first show of Final Boss TV, your wild gay rating show of 2018. And I have at least seven more planned for the remainder of the year. All right, just at least, at least seven. So stick around for those. This is episode number 161. And you won't know this if you're watching on YouTube, and you won't really notice it if you're in chat unless you're here at 4 o'clock, but I turned the stream on on time, okay? Just because it doesn't start at exactly 4 o'clock, because there's ads, and there's some preamble, and chat room, and all this stuff, it doesn't... We're on time. That may not happen in the future, but just bear with me, okay? But over the course of this, there are some announcements to go over. The... Legion catch-up style shows will be happening over the next couple of weeks, barring, of course, when Battle for Azeroth Beta, Alpha, whatever madness starts. I do want to go over Rogue Mage, Hunter, Warlock, as well as a healer show and a tank show. Just sort of catch back up with the state of current affairs right now, and maybe one more mixed DPS and... Um, uh, two, like a ranged and like a melee mixed DPS shows. We'll see how that goes in the future. But no, they're not all set in stone yet because when beta starts, it's full-blown battle for Azeroth, baby. We're not even turning back at Legion. What's that? But of course, I would not be sitting in this seat talking to all you beautiful nerds out there on the internet if it wasn't for the support the show has been growing on Patreon and the assistant producers, Terramaya, Chaos, Jason, Tazlin, Screws Loose, Mia, R4, Dalthier, Truffles, and Druish. If you are curious, there are more shows. There are more podcasts, behind the scenes, show notes. There will be a BTS after show for this show in particular. The parsing versus performance show. We're going to record that right after the main show today. Holiday updates and things. There's a whole bunch of new reward unlocked tiers. You can go to the method behind the scenes after show and all that kind of good stuff if you want to support the show and get more. This is a wonderful after show too. This Panzer Brutal. There are some feels in this show. Go check those out if you would like. And I have to do this like on every show almost go because my manager is out of town. Okay, Zillions is at PAX. So I have to make her happy. But the show is brought to you also in part by these cups of deliciousness over at Daily Harvest. And you can use the code down below the stream to get half off your first order of six cups of soup. I had team. I had a soup the other day, which is this one that's pictured right here. Just stop. Daily Harvest is way too good. Just, I'm not even trying to ham up a sponsor. I'm just saying. That's it. That's all I have for me. Let's, we have returning guests for the show, of course, today. Uh, Jack, I said there's going to be a healer catch-up show, but you're not invited. I figured as much. I figured as much. Something about priests, man. Oh, gosh. And it, word up, your camera turned off. You broke my whole show. <laughs> there it goes. Wait, oh, come back whoa. to us. Word up. Oh, there he is. Just reset. Oh, I feel really bad. There he is. So there's, there's Jack. Say hi, Jack. Say hi. How's it going? What's and going then, on, everybody? And there's Word Up. He's back now, even though he exploded. He went Word Down. I'm word back down. again. But... Yeah. Word, I like that. I like the Word 
we're down. I don't have a whole bunch of like introductions for for you nerds because you've been on the show before. First show of 2018. I wanted to open up with one of the more general like discussion shows. So we're not. I mean, there's a lot of nitty gritty to go through on today's show. But Word Up and I, we've been working on a show or a video in this regard for pff, how long now? Uh, I don't know. It's like three months ago that it was mentioned. Yeah. That it came up the first time. It was back in Tomb, at least. It was definitely back. It had to have been at least back there. Yeah. So I, I wanted to make this a discussion video, but I didn't think it would work. So here we are. For the next 90 minutes or so and it was going to be a very dps focused one but then i was like well jack does a lot of log analysis so he'd be good for this show he might know what he's talking about Do you know what you're talking about jack Do you hardly <laughs> oh sorry disappointing i waited until after we got on the show to you know get, get going on that part oh, well that's unfortunate well, I mean, we'll your see. your new lower third I made for you says holy and disc priest guide writer. Should I just change that or just are you sure? Enthusiast or something, you know? Enthusiast, <laughs> fan, occasional dabbler. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't dab anymore. No more dabbing. Wait, you oh, wait. That's, that one's dead as well, actually. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. That's unfortunate. I, I mm. fair enough. But so, to the show, the full title of the show that doesn't fit in the lower thirds below us is parsing versus performance the community's misunderstanding or misconceptions of logging and logging in particular we're going to be basically talking and using examples from warcraft logs today it's probably the most used one but there are other resources out there that you can take part in of course we'll be dabbling in the uh dabbling not dabbing dabbling in the wow analyzer tool a little bit today as well but what is a log versus what is a parse? And then what is performance and how does that actually work in the community's misunderstanding and misconception of what this is from two guide writers and people that are very, you sponge up a lot of stuff in Discord and the communities and your streams or your, your comment sections on your guides or Twitter or wherever else. So we're not, I, I have your quote on the, the notes here. I want you to say that so that the internet can quote you on that. Oh. Because I don't oh, want to okay. say so it. It's on me in case, in case anyone really disagrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My head's on the stake. Yes, right. correct. Well, it came up when we were discussing it, but um, the line that you got was me saying that you you can refer to a really good log as a pass. That's, so, like, that's people ranking, things like that. But not necessarily all things that pass well is someone having making a good log, playing well, and playing to a fight. I right. have to elaborate to make sure that my point mm -hmm. can't be misconstrued too much. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. No, because right two minutes after this, all the discords are like, "What did Word Up say? What?" So it's gonna be like the car driver analogy all over again. Oh, God, that was a good one though. <laughs> Come on, that was a really good one. I like that. So I want to break down what logging means, what a log is, then what a parse is. And then so we have some examples and some back and forths and we'll do some live diving into said logs and examples of them to hopefully start 2018 off and a new expansion on the horizon off people understanding a little bit of what this resource is meant to be and to not be bamboozled by bad data because there's plenty out there. So we're going for some good alliteration there and they kind of just fill them out. Yeah. Wait, what did you think I was going for? Hmm. 
Hmm. Bamboozling bad boys? I don't know. Well, I almost said Bayboozle, but I will not give Preach the satisfaction of making that a thing. No, see, chat's gonna... No! But it's gonna a... be a thing eventually when you... Mm -mm. Now they really want it to be a thing. No, not a thing. Not a thing at all. So I I'm going to probably just stop talking and go back and forth on, on this with, with you guys and just sort of hand these topics to you. So logging is what a log is what you generate for the purposes of improving the play of yourself and or, of course, your guild and your raid group. And now WordUp does the damages and Jack does the healings and they both have different purposes. So using any of the resources that are out there, what do you do with with logs and how do you I guess just use them for damage purposes, word up? Like what do you what do they do for you? What I what I use them for is to check really to see between a between poles and a boss, when you especially when you're learning it most importantly, is um you use it to check the consistency of a certain mechanic that you should be doing. So like Kingaroth is gonna come up like fifty times this show. But um it was really useful there to check how good we actually were on the bots versus how good people thought we were because we're not really as good as some people seem to think we're just like a boss damage bot on there um it's also really good for working out if other people in the guild outside of yourself who you may understand their class if they're doing anything significantly wrong that you could re retool the strategy using the log to make them do better to make yourself do better to eventually kill a boss the goal isn't to use the logs to compare yourself to everyone else playing it it's to look at the logs to make yourself play better and the other logs that are there are a, are a tool that you can use with them to to get there jack do you want to expound upon that from a healing point of view uh yeah of course for healing, I mean, you do have the ability to kind of benchmark and compare yourself to the other healers in the same specs, same uh, same fights and things like that, where you're able to compare just like raw fundamentals of saying, okay, how often are people casting XYZ? Um, but going forward from that, like if you're looking just in your, your team, if you're doing content where nobody else has public logs of this thing, or there are very few of them, they're very limited, things like that, that's where you kind of take the advantage of logs. Um, and start using them to look at specific healing mechanics or certain parts of the fight where you may need more or less healing and things like that. I mean, uh, one of the examples probably going to show today is of like the Coven showing how people are able to handle healing chilled blood. You know, how, you know, not every class is going to be good at certain types of healing mechanics that are going to come up, but that doesn't mean that you can't contribute at all. You know, it, it also shows, you know, oh, okay, maybe we can adjust how we are our healers together how we're organizing our healer cooldowns things like that to make up for you know some classes being really good at this thing and some classes being not as good at this thing you know all kinds of little things like that um and also showing that there's more than just the healing that's going to be on the logs you know where classes bringing specific utilities are able to you know really make a big difference on encounters where you know on imminar where we're popping all these tripwires all these uh, all the bombs are going off all at once uh, for one of the strategies that we're doing on Mythic. You know, you're dropping barrier there. It doesn't look like it's doing anything on the meters because you're not able to get any atonement healing off from it, but it's reducing the damage taken by about 40, 50 million um, per use just about every single time. As you're running through all these strip wires, you're reducing all the damage the entire group is taking and makes your life a hell of a lot easier um, to get across the bridge, spend less healer mana, all kinds of stuff like that. That 
the point you bring up right there will definitely come up in an example later, but we'll hold on to that for now because with logs in general, we go through the public versus private logs. Now, Jack, you just all your stuff is public, I assume, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I had it stuff brought up and I could do it. And, and then word up, you you are private now. I'm private during progression. We started doing that last tier. So what what is the difference and why do guilds do this if you're not the top, top bleeding edge? All right, so we're private, but... Um... And this is going to bite me when this gets back to the guild, but I don't think we should be. I think it is like mm. a, a top end thing. But um, the reasons that usually people will give is that um, they don't want people to intentionally try and inflate their logs to look good on the ranking stacks because if it's private, it doesn't show there. But ultimately, if they care that much, they're going to go into the, the rankings list, whether it's hidden or not anyway, and stack themselves up. It's just that others can't see it. And uh, the other one, which is a more legitimate concern is that uh, if it's public then people who are looking to recruit other players they can use those logs as a way to gauge if there's actually someone worth taking from a guild because you've got categorical proof that they can play well in that log and you can also find out if they're a good player or a good parser i'm not i'm not uh, trying to just directly call out members of my guild that are in chat right now that are that are commenting about the end that the first thing that, that comes up is it makes people not scumbag and i actually think that is completely false i don't think it does anything in that regard you might think it did it we, we thought it would before maybe when there are more egregious types of encounters that are at hand but i actually don't think it does anything in that regard do either of you think it helps or hurts in that? Maybe for like a, what's your healing perspective on this? Like, because when you put a team together and you have your cooldowns in a certain order, no one's sniping each other to make themselves look better on these logs, right, Jack? Uh, generally not, because I mean, again, if you're on progression and you're bringing only as many healers as you need, if people start misusing their cooldowns, then people are just going to die at a later point. So, yeah, that's kind of a problem. Um, very few fights. I think like only maybe Agrimar comes to mind where everyone kind of wants to use all their cooldowns during the intermission periods. Well, unfortunately, there's extremely well defined like this is gonna this mechanic or this raid cooldown is gonna be quite a bit better to use. You know, so you know having our paladin taking advantage of aura mastery during that transition kind of was just the thing to do, right? Uh, so as long as we're able to kind of pace things out right there it's fine but even when like logs or certain encounters get taken off of like the all-star rankings stuff like that like anr people are still kind of idiots and pat on the bats and stuff like that for a fight that's never actually going to be ranked on so right i don't know i mean if you're able to discipline people if it's able to motivate people i mean people are still going to have like their little their details damage and healing meters and stuff like that no matter what so yeah i don't think it does uh at least I don't think it usually accomplishes what people are thinking it's going to, but yeah, it's up to the officers. Yeah, I think there's there's like a certain group of people that whether it's public or private, they're going to do the bad thing to do the numbers. Mm-hmm. And then there's a group that will be discouraged because they're not really bothered anymore because it's not public. And then there's the ones who would do it public or private regardless. So it might reduce it if you've got a lot of the people in the middle, but the more of the people who are going to do it regardless, you have the less that is going to do. But it depends on the makeup of your guild in that case. 
Right. It's it's a point that I don't think it can help. And there's a back and forth in, in chat about this, of course, and join in in the YouTube comments. I'm sure you're already going to on this topic when you watch this in the future. There's just... There's a lot of positives to it, like you brought up recruitment process, right? Uses a gauge. A lot of guilds require logs. And then educational process, the whole opening part of, of this show, almost as a test of sorts. But yeah, the, the public versus private, I think the, the quote that WordUp told me a while ago was that you have something to gain from public logging, but you have more to lose by doing so. And you'd have nothing to lose if you just probably log, because the whole point of it is just to stay within your guild as a tool. So, but at this point, with everybody streaming, you know, so many guilds streaming progression or just streaming as is, I don't, the info is going to get out there. I think it's right. a lot easier for info to get out there. It's a lot easier for you know people to find out extra information and stuff like that, because everyone's going to have their damage and healing meters on their streams and stuff like that. You know, right? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting topic that is sort of evolved more and more as expansions have gone forward and of course logs have gotten way better again we're mostly talking about warcraft logs today and as we'll go into more in the second half of the show there is so much discernible information across warcraft logs now compared to an expansion or two ago no one can argue that there are so many other breakdowns and pieces to this puzzle you can you can take apart and look at but apparently all that matters is light orange numbers <laughs> I know a lot of people seem to like that. That's one thing that people have really switched to this expansion, where they really, really care about being in that that top five percent. It's a motivational factor, I understand, right? But I, I like. So we'll bring up Kingaroth in an example right now, and I'll bring this one up from my perspective, right, as an enhancement shaman example. You can look at Enhancement Shaman parses on Kingaroth, and they really aren't great logs overall. They could be a good parse because of RNG, but the overall randomness and elements of the RNG and the procs that are attached to that spec, or many other specs in that, don't really make a good log to look at to discern information from. So... Unless you're looking at people just dying in fire. Or that. So I... I it's... When you look at Kingaroth, you've got you've got parts of it that you need to look at very specifically. It's, mm -hmm. You're not going to um, you can't look at the top pass. Like, one thing that's really important that I see a lot of people do is when they look at logs, they'll look at the top one, and if there's something abnormal, say with like an unusual trinket or an unusual talent or, or whatever else on any boss, they'll attribute the entire reason that it's done really well to that one anomaly, mm -hmm. and they won't look into the the log because it's the path of least resistance to just go straight into assuming that that's it. So that's where you get a lot of questions like, uh, why are you using X or Y on this boss? A lot more than you'll like have really specific questions come through. Um, but Kingaroth, you can usually almost immediately tell if it's a really, really good pass and you go in and you see that their bot damage is abnormally high and that's where it's coming from, mm -hmm. then that's completely RNG. There's nothing that you could copy from that to do better a lot of the time if you can see that because that's come from a place where it doesn't matter what you do. The same thing could happen. It might not. I mean, that's for like very, very small percentage differences though, right? Like if you're getting like insane Pantheon procs on top of each other over and over and over again, 
Hey, you're going to have like, some insane parses and stuff like that. But if you generally just have really good fundamentals and you're playing and operating the spec you need to, I mean, if we're talking about like just straight up patchwork, tunnel into the Boston like that, you know, that's the difference between 95, 96 percentile. Like it's a couple percentage differences, you know, when you're looking at like between like what's going to happen with RNG. But if you're just following like your fundamentals and stuff like that, if you have the decent gear for it, all that jazz, you know, you should be more than fine. Um, that's a class. Uh, I mean, it is it is small percentages, but it depends on which class you, you're talking about. Yeah. Um, some of them it could be like the difference between ninety and ninety five. Whereas others it could be like ninety four and ninety five. It's it depends on and and bosses as well. The boss that you're doing is a really important thing because there's a lot of variance. Uh, but yeah, the, I mean, if you if your DPSers are getting Pantheon procs every single time that you go into Kingaros, like bot phase, right, where everybody else was is going to get it when they're running from one bot to the other, then yeah, like there's going to be difference in that stuff. But like if you're operating everything correctly, it's not going to be the difference between you know huge differences in rank. You're not going to get like green one day and then orange another just because of RNG with no differences. That's just yeah, crazy. The, right. The, the thing with like if someone's passing green and they're looking at logs, what I generally say is that they shouldn't be looking at like the very top one to judge what the difference is coming from. So you could you'll you'll see what the absolute best could be. But you could pick any in the top one hundred and generally speaking, you'd probably find what you need to find to improve. Um as much as you would if you pick the first one. The difference is that the the lower down you go, say you picked like the fiftieth out of a out of a thousand instead, um you'd probably feel like you were less of an extreme gap difference because you haven't got like that extra two or three hundred K that's pushing them from there to the top. And you might be able to focus more on just finding the, because they haven't got the extreme RNG, most likely finding the fundamental part that you have different to them. And that's usually the best part to do it on. You shouldn't be aiming to go from that green pass to the orange pass in one step. It's going to be like a process between them. We bring up, uh, we're going to talk about Kin Garoth again here. I'm just going to show this. I don't think we're going to dive too much into any of these in particular, but this is the difference between, and this leads into the next topic, right, of what a parse is. So this I'm looking at when I have pulled up here is player damage rankings for Kin Garoth Mythic across all regions, all classes, all item levels. Again, Kin Garoth has multiple phases where you are split up into groups and are DPSing a very important giant robot that has to die in a certain order that takes amplified damage the faster you are there, thus resulting in direct percentage HP loss on the main boss itself. And you'll see here that, hmm, Windwalker monks are 17 of the 20 top parses. Three of which the other ones are all Havoc Demon Hunters. And all the monks are wearing nearly almost identical gear. But to find a good log in all of this madness, you can find the uh, word I brought this up at the beginning of the show that the, what Windwalker monks are doing because of this madness and why they're all at like 2.5 to 2.7 million DPS is because of a little bit of tomfoolery. It's definitely part of what their class does. But word, you brought this up earlier. I'll let you expound upon. Like, what what are they doing here that like no other class can do? 
So what, as far as I'm aware of this, so I'm, I'm not a Windwalker expert, but what I understand of it is that because it's a physical damage, uh, because you've got Touch of Death going on it, it's double dipping both the, the hit that's already applied based on their health and the damage taken at the end. So they, instead of getting like the average seven or so million Touch of Death, they end up with like a 22, 23 million. And that's every single bot because it lines up perfectly. Then they've got legendaries that allow them to hold extra resources to burn into that small window with the chest and the head but the heads mostly you'd have the um you'd have strike anyway regardless of whether you were using it um and monks in general have got a pretty good burst kit as well as being able to do a lot of boss damage in between because of the charge system and the cooldowns which is kind of like a really good boss designed for them sure well, I mean, they're all rank one, so they're all yeah. the top yeah. <laughs> damage rates, of course. It's the same as uh, Immunar before it for Windwalker. Windwalker's got a good advantage there. A, because they can they can cross the bridge in, like, quarter of the time everyone else. Um, sure. But it's important on when the rest of the raid does. Um, but they have, because they have the charge and the cooldown system of a lot of their strong abilities, when they're crossing the bridge, they're gaining from that recharging a lot more than quite a few other classes do because they have, like five or six really really useful things that are on medium cooldowns that are all going to be back when you cross the bridge and then you cross the bridge again and it sort of rinse repeats for all five of them yeah you can do a little bit of, of diving into i'm just humoring myself now i click on the top one right by dangle and it shows the damage differences between where you just do the hover and it shows the damage difference you have between abilities but only, so 37.9% of his damage was the actual boss versus the other, per, everything else is just the adds. And it, it, there's so many little things. I mean, we can dive in a little deeper here. We can look at where all his damage sources are coming from specifically. And of course you can load in how many, you're talking about Paragon procs, right? You can actually bring up how many of those happened and when they did if you really want to look at all of the different instances that they did happen if they lined up with anything at all right which he had really bad rng at that so you can actually see that these you know didn't really add much to his overall damage meter and you can do all of this you can you can go through every single one of these logs and and divulge all this information because you think something's rng like well i wonder if they got a lot of procs well they didn't so what was they doing in that sense, right? And we can see Touch of Death here doing, yeah, 60 million to one Demolisher and 21 million to another. And that's a key press, four casts of Touch of Death. So that is definitely not, a part not of... Not so much RNG. Not so much RNG. One. Right, no, exactly. It, well, Monks are a good example of ones that don't really have a lot of RNG that can impact right. them. There's, they're very... Um, very static in the mm -hmm. way that for, for that window because they can set it up a lot. They know, they know it's coming. They can they can hold things for it. Um, whereas uh, you can look at demon hunters. Demon hunters will always do really well in that window, but there can be a difference between doing really well and doing really well if you get at the right chain procs at the right time, like th where they'll be doing like an extra million DPS at that point. But all of those are examples of things when you look at those that. 
isn't necessarily it's not like it's scumbag or anything that's them playing the fight properly that's mm -hmm. them doing what they need to do they're prioritizing the bot damage which is what they're there for over anything else whereas yeah. say for enhancement on that fight we can't really prioritize the bot damage outside of holding a few little cooldowns because most of our damage is going to come from burst windows that are completely random and yep. if it comes then great if it doesn't then it's going to go on the boss and you'll just do boss damage that's a, a big difference. I mean, people joke about it in, in chat. And the why I brought up the RNG versus, I mean, I bring this back up. If I swap over to Enhancement, again, what Word Up and I play, the, the top are 2.3 million. Nowhere near. I mean, it's roughly three to 400,000 less than the Windwalker. And, you know, a lot of that is to do with this legendary right here. Do you get a glove proc? Do you get multiple glove procs do you have a glove proc leaving the boss and then you can throw your little wind discuses at the ad immediately when it spawns to hit it for maximum damage bonus if not you don't right so you have to take into account all these little things depending on what spec you're looking at or what class you are playing in general which brings to what a parse is so a parse is a log that is built to show how you have improved or looking at someone else's logs to improve your own play. So as, as, well, what word up? You got a uh, uh, parse is like, is, is, uh, is an example of someone who's done, has performed exceptionally well on a boss. Whether or not that includes doing the boss properly mm. is a bit more like superfluous on that because there are a lot of cases in which they haven't but they've gained a lot of damage from doing it incorrectly um but it's an example of how well a class can do potentially on that boss and that you could use to emulate or compete with other people who do passes um if that's your thing which usually in, in farm a lot of people engage in yep okay yeah that's how i was gonna swing around it's as as guide writers and all the theory math craft that you sponge up throughout your different avenues on the internet that what do you two what have you sponged up as legion has moved forward in this sense right the the first point i bring up here i wanted to, to note on scorperon as a fight that word up just said doing a fight not intentionally but gaining a lot of damage for it Obviously, Scorporon's not part of All-Stars or part of any rankings, and it was it lasted, like, what, two weeks? Before everyone was like, just grab all the Scorpions, just put it, just get them all in here! And yeah, just bring them all in! Which you can do, and it may make the fight easier, but it's not how the fight was meant to be done, so that's all just superfluous nonsense, right? So, Jack, how about your side of this first? Well, with healers, uh, I think a lot of it is you have to look at I mean, we don't usually have too many of an issue where fights are, like, taken off the all-star rankings. Like, usually it's not really a big deal for the um, because they're taken off for the DPSers because they're able mm -hmm. to do, you know, crazy things like Scorpion and things like that. But I think when you're looking at, like, a really high parse for healers, I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, how many healers are going to be in the group, bring, you know, just as many as you actually need, and then you're looking at how well they're performing their fundamentals, because you're really not going to have large variances in between your healing potential as long as you're not making big shakeups with your healers 
you're having very strong fundamentals and then you're kind of looking at, you know, all right, where CD timings and things like that can be coming for certain specs that are really reliant on having a lot of their healing coming from specific specs. Like uh, Discipline, for example, if you're getting really, really huge healing and a lot of atonements up during your evangelism window, you're extending the duration of all of your atonements. You're getting, you know, 18, 19 plus every single time there's big damage happening. You're going to perform extremely, extremely well every single time. And as long as you're not having an insane amount of healers, you're basically going to be, you know, getting in those higher ranks almost every single time. But the other thing to kind of watch with that is going to be making sure you're using this at a proper time that's going to work well for everybody else, right? You know, um, I think on a fight like High Command is one where you really can start using all of your cooldowns really very early on in the fight because you have, you know, the three different pods that you're looking at, but you don't even really have fusillades until the second pod that you have to deal with. And usually that's where people start wanting to actually rotate through uh, their healer cooldowns, where if you actually start using your healer cooldowns early as you are going after, say, some of the mines very, very early on, you're able to kind of space out your cooldowns so that by the time you get to the third pod, uh, the cooldowns that were used for the first pod to clear out mines and things like that and take all that damage, you're going to get them back again and you're going to save yourself a lot of mana in the process. So sometimes it's actually great to be able to use your uh, healer cooldowns really early, especially if you have lots and lots of healers. And maybe that's going to make it really, really good for your parse because you got to use them three times on a fight or something like that. Um, and sometimes, you know, those healer orders can come into play where, oh, if you are at that point where you have amazing, you know, timing with your cooldowns or everyone, or you're getting one more use of, uh, you know, Divine him, and the, the Druid only got, you know, two tranks while you had, a, you know, three Divine hymns. The Druid still wins. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but... <laughs> You know, you're able to see, like, oh, okay, that makes sense in that area, where it's like, oh, it's actually not that big of a deal if there's a if there's a variance between the healer performance, because if you're taking those things away, okay, if somebody just has one more, then yeah, that kind of makes sense. I wanted to look just to tagline onto the end of all of that. So you brought up Entoran High Command, mm -hmm. which definitely is a rather sporadic healing fight, where you don't have... I mean, you have the Fusilads, Fusilads, which you can plan for, you can plan a cooldown or a, a mythic anyway. There's one to take without a shield. And I just brought up like the mythic overall rankings, right? Just to look at the top 24 or whatever. And mm -hmm. like the first resto druid is 23rd, but that means that every single healer is on the first page, which is a little different when you look at DPS numbers because it's always like we just looked at Kingaroth. And it's just monks and a few demon hunters and like a warrior or two on the whole front page. But this shows the the variance in how healer different different healer combinations can obviously lead to a whole lot of different numbers. But they're all almost doing like the same HPS too. So there isn't a whole lot of difference in this for a high intensity healing fight, at least. Or one that has a lot of consistent damage, which we talk about on every healer show. What kind of fights do you like to heal? Well, ones that actually could heal. Obviously, I don't think any healer right now is really loving uh, MNR, or ANR, rather, sorry. Like, the HPS on that fight drops significantly. <laughs> like, 1.2-ish million. Yeah, just walking around. You're just, just walking, walking around. around all over this. And it's like, it's resto druids are almost all the top spots because they just hot everyone up and run around. So, there's a lot of different... The, the weights between looking for healer parses versus DPS parses probably are, are vary significantly from the encounter to the spec to the, 
I mean, most legendaries, I think a lot of healers run now. I mean, Pridas and Velens are so common. It looks pretty damn good. <laughs> pretty, pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very common. Yeah, but there's I a mean, whole bunch. Oh, go ahead. A lot of, like, we were talking about with the big variants and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of the together. You know, that is indicative of, you know, the balance that it, we're pretty pretty darn close to, you know, closer than we've been um, in most other expansions and things like that, which is great. But it also, you know, starts showing that there's more to just having, you know, the right spec for this. It's all going down to, you know, your fundamentals on these fights, how you're organizing your CDs, things like that, and how each, you know, group is going to be working together, forgetting the bosses is down and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's kind of cliche to be going over, but yeah, with healers, a lot of it is, you know, looking at how you're working as a team and you can easily start going for like really, really big parses and things like that as a healer, but you also have to look at making sure everybody is performing well. You're making sure that everyone's, you know, not, not losing out on CDs for certain areas of fuselades. I mean, like fuselades, you should be able to have a shield every single time, but if someone dies, someone makes a mistake, you're able to, you know, respond to that with, you know, slink, barriers, all kinds of other things like that, that are not shown, you know, in your HPS meters, that's not shown in an orange parse or things like that. Those are huge, huge helps to be able to, you know, work with your team, react very quickly, and keep everybody alive from there. There, I, I want to devil's advocate that point real quick, because... A lot of the misconception or understanding about how healers parse is you drop a healer so that there is more healing to be done versus for DPS, you don't just, you can't do that. You have other people not scumbag or not or not crossed out or yeah, or you add, well, even though adding DPS can be bad though, because it off times cooldowns. If you're a class that wants four or five rotations of cooldowns and you bring another DPS, you get one less. Does that mm -hmm. actually give you more? If they're three-minute cooldowns, maybe. But if they're two minutes, not. Back in the day, this is a thing that, that Word Up and I can attest to back in MOP. Ending a fight right after a second use of Ascendance, awesome. Ending a fight right before it, not awesome. Mm -hmm. Oh, kill timer is, is a really big factor if you want to talk about, like, Passing right for DPS, especially. I mean, you mentioned with the healer cooldowns as well that that can impact it. But for DPS, it can be it can be the the difference of a lot. I, I can't really like put it, but it's, it's, it usually can be a really big difference if it lines up with your cooldowns exactly. So like um, the difference between a kill at four minutes versus a kill at four minutes thirty back in Nighthold for a demon hunter is a good significant jump between A and B because one's just before meta's back and one's just after meta's finished. And those are your biggest damage windows. Yeah. There's a lot of that I think is a, a part of when you're looking at logs. You need to understand if this spec that you're looking at trying to improve, you're looking at these parses, you need to factor in kill time, where their cooldowns were, how many rotations they got, and you can look at the other DPS in their group if they were doing it. Obviously, you can look at Mythic Coven, for example. How many cross-dotting classes did you have? Did your Shadow Priest cross-dot everything? Or did you have seven people also cross-dotting so ads died even faster and they didn't get all their ramp-up time? There's all these little stairs to step on and move before you can really find out, is that a good parse 
or just a log of their encounter? Well, I feel like this is kind of getting too much in the weeds with, Mm -hmm. you know, specific nitty gritty of like, oh, this is what's going to make rank one. Like, I think the bigger thing that people should be looking at is, you know, a lot of times going from if they're seeing their logs going at gray or green or things like that, and they're saying, oh, okay, how am I improving that? Because a lot of times, once you start seeing, you know, a level of improvement where your fundamentals are going to be, you know, where they want to be, you're getting the good performance, you know, you're working well with, as a healer, popping your CDs when the group is organizing them, things like that. That's the difference, your fundamentals, things like that. That's going to be the difference between, you know, grays and purples, you know. The rank ones and stuff like that, that all comes later. That's all, I don't know, I feel like, the, the the but a lot of it is you know going into when you're looking at other people's logs knowing what to look at not just chalking it up to saying oh they got an extra cd and then i didn't get you know rank mm-hmm. one whatever like because mm-hmm. that stuff i think is is so disconnected from what most people are really experiencing i feel like most people are really experiencing man my logs are crap you know where where am i at green gray or i'm really far behind other healers or i'm in this kind of situation how do I improve from that point? And I think that's one of the areas where if you like pull up any person's logs and you're looking at like the cast tab, you know, that's one of the things that whenever I'm looking over other people's logs, you go into the cast tab and you're saying, all right, how am I comparing my logs to yours strictly on a fundamental basis of, you know, how often are you using your powered shield? How often is powered shield getting full absorption effect? How much are you getting the mana back out of like shield discipline, for example? Uh, Holy Priest is extremely tied to like prayer of mending healing. So how often are you casting that? You know, all of those things are really what people should be drilling down on and comparing with their logs. And that will start showing, you know, oh, okay, these people are really good players. Or if you're actually applying to another guild and say your guild right now chocks full of healers, right? And you're trying to say, here's how I can present myself to say that I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. And that's where you kind of start looking at, it's not just the number, it's how am I performing with my fundamentals? Because I've seen healers, for example, who've had amazing parses joining a guild and then they start performing really terribly you know once they join this guild and once they start stepping up and playing with other healers that are also as good or better than they are you know you're at that point where you're saying okay we we have all these other people who can do all the healing that they really want uh and can do it very efficiently so you're looking at reducing your healing when you play with better players when you're playing with worse players and you're playing with worse healers then yeah everyone's gonna look a lot better everyone's gonna you're sorry the um one or two people are going to look a lot better than everybody else. Right, right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be on top, and that's where logs can really start bringing out a difference by showing you know, differences between fundamentals, differences between you know when you're using those cooldowns and what everybody else in your team is actually doing. And where you had a piggyback point on that. Well, but, but I, I find between the, two, the differences between the two... Um... Jack, why'd you break Discord? There you go. It happened again. <laughs> it happened um, again. Right. I, what I find is there's like two different groups of people who will come to me and ask questions about about um about their logs and stuff, and there are other people who are right at the bottom who are doing like gray green passes, and usually like the best advice to give them uh, are to just look at like a swath of logs, like go go look through 10, 12, 15 logs, all the way from like orange to purple, maybe even like high blue, so you can just get a good range of what people are doing, and you can like. So you don't necessarily have ones that have got a very specific thing that looks really good, but it's being manipulated by other things that you can't necessarily pinpoint, identify, mm-hmm. because you're not used to looking at logs. But you've got a good broad sample size of things that you can look at. So like, say, this person's doing better because he had Earthen Spike on cooldown. This person is doing better because he was keeping up his buffs all the time. This person was generally just playing properly. 
to put it as bluntly as possible. Right. And you can try and emulate that instead of trying to emulate the more niche extreme stuff. But the other group of people that I run into quite a lot, and these are usually people as well that really want to do well on their first kill, which I think is the worst place possible to be trying to do this kind of mm-hmm. like extreme niche optimization. But they, they come and they've got like a purple log and they want to like go from there to be right at the top. And in those cases, those people usually have a, like a fundamental disconnect from understanding the reason that ones are at the top are at the top for that reason. And that they're not doing anything necessarily strictly wrong in their play. There are just other factors at play that are bringing them down. That that could be the players that they're playing with. It could be the kill times. It could be the strategy they're doing. It could be the job that they've been assigned to. And the job that you're assigned to is ultimately the most important point of a fight. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you need to really account for when you're trying to compare these. And when you combine all of those together, sometimes a player who should be getting, say, a 95 is getting a 75. And that's not a bad thing. And it's not something that you should be, like, overly beating yourself up about your performance. I think that's something that a lot of people have internalized a lot. That They think that because they don't have that number next to them, they're playing really badly. But in a lot of cases where people have come to me, they're actually playing really well if you just had a little bit of this or a little bit of that it would be really good but that's not something that you can tell someone how to fix i think the more that you know warcraft logs has really grown and easier it's been for people to you know start streaming and start showing uh you know all their perspective and things like that i mean i've gotten into situations where you know you start looking at what everybody's doing you start breaking down a person's logs and you start looking at it and you say okay we well, all your fundamentals and stuff like that all like everything on paper starts looking good but that's where the replay feature starts coming into play and actually really great tools like WoW Analyzer where you're able to, you know, more empirically show, oh, okay, you're moving, you know, 20% of the time here. You're not casting things, you know, for all these big periods of time. You know, I, I think a lot of those are positioning uh, really starts coming into play when you're looking at parses, especially as healers, of being able to maximize your uptime and always be casting something. That way you're actually able to, you know, improve, show where you might be messing up because... You know, you might be able to be putting out things like, oh, okay, as a Holy Priest, I'm using my Holy Words on cooldown, I'm using Prayer of Bendings on cooldown, and then you're actually going from there and saying, okay, well, what else am I missing, you know? WoW Analyzer is a pretty good uh, tool for specific information like, okay, how is my mobility? How much am I wasted time? Is, is my, you know, Powered Shields all wasting absorption effects? You know, you're seeing, you know, specific areas in there where it can be great, and then, but you also have to keep in mind the grain of salt. Some fights are going to be way different. Like, you look at, MNR for most healers, it's going to be pretty hard to be standing and casting all the, on the bridge. So a lot of those things will be like, oh, this is bad or this is bad, where you have to take that with a grain of salt and saying, okay, for this specific fight, uh, I'm going to have much different performance expectations because of the fact that there's things keeping you from doing them. Yeah, you brought up MNR, and I just wanted to look just at the, the top parses for it for, for healers, and it's it's Holy Priest, and then five Holy Paladins, which are all running the Blessing of, or Aura of Sacrifice Madness, which, if you don't know how ridiculous this cooldown is in this situation, uh, you don't have a Holy Paladin in your, in your healing core. And then the rest are Resto Druids, who can heal on the move more than any other healer can. So, that's a fun one. And, of course, diving into this to expound upon what Jack said is, is up to you, if you're having trouble with that encounter or learning how to do that. So... There's the last point I had on this topic before we take the the mid show break and then move on is the research versus internet bragging rights. 
which word up and I tagged in the original show notes of this as kind of just like semantics, but <laughs> there is, there is proof in the pudding when you perform well and get a good parse, but there's not much claim to fame. If you just scumbag a good log or a bad log to get a parse. Right? Because there are bullet points that you've talked about that DPS look for and healers look for. So, is there anything you wanted to expound upon the internet bragging right research topic word? Because we had some back and forth on this before. Um, I think I think the, the bragging rights thing is a lot of the reason that a lot of the weird strategies come out that a lot of people want to be at the top by any means necessary, which mm -hmm. can mean doing the fight wrong. Um, this tier has been a lot better, I think, in general, that there's not that many bosses that you can really, really break apart that are important bosses. But if you, like, even you just go one tier back and you look at Tomb, there's, like, there's two great examples just off the top of my head that you could you could really, really abuse Mistress, and that was never removed from the All-Stars as well. So people really did care about that one. Um, so that certain... Certain people, maybe in certain guilds, may have told certain other players of their certain class that they aren't allowed to AOE today because it's their job and they're going to do it all. Um, yeah. And then they'll look really good on the pass, but it's not really doing the fight properly, is it? It's, it's risking the raid in a lot of cases so that you can look good there. And it's not going to make anyone else who look at it it's not going to give them any information either as to how to play better when that's there. And that, those are the kind of logs that you need to be careful about when you see them, because they will show up. Uh, they're going to start showing up, well, maybe not so much this tier, but they do show up usually a couple of months after the raid settled. And the other example will be Avatar, where a lot of people would just keep hitting the Maiden, and, and they'd transition the Maiden early, forcefully, because they, they just didn't keep it in their pants on, on her. And yep. it would go down, and then you'd be at risk of wiping because you'd gone down too early because they just had to keep hitting that as well yep that's that's getting close to the topic we'll talk about after the break so don't don't go too deep into that one but do you have anything you want to add on on you kind of just that was the point you just kind of made which probably into this one though jack so i don't know if you had anything else to add um putting the rate at risk i mean like he was kind of talking about making sure you know you're not dotting up things that are going to be, you know, potentially killing you. I mean, we kind of had that with, like, Agrimar and Mythic, where, you know, killing the oh. ads and dotting up the ads too much can be a really big DPS increase for some specs, but then it can be, you know, extremely, extremely unhelpful if they're getting killed and you're not having any way to control them. They're getting empowered, so people are wasting mana, uh, purging them out, they're wasting uptime, all kinds of stuff like that, and that's definitely a problem. Um, I think healer mana is one thing that you can really do a good job of checking up on when you're looking at logs, especially during progression. If you're getting into encounters where you're basically having mechanical wipes uh, every, you know, two, three, four minutes, whatever it is, you know, a lot of times for me, I play very aggressively with my mana where I'll say, okay, let me make sure I can keep everybody as topped off as often as possible uh, in case they're taking avoidable damage. Because usually when you're starting off the fights, avoidable damage, everybody's taking, you know. So if you're expending lots and lots of mana and you're getting to these points where you're wiping you know you're still wiping with mana reserve you're still wiping with mana available to you but you're spending much more than you otherwise would be so for you know eight or nine minute fights uh on the kill well if you're only expecting to get three minutes in then it gives you opportunities to play very aggressively so if you're looking at somebody's progression logs and you're saying oh why are they playing ridiculously aggressive with their mana why are they spending so much mana you know that can be an option 
when you're progressing, but as you get further and further, you need to make sure that you're never getting to a point where you're running out of mana and then people are dying because of that. You know, mm. if you, so that's one thing that you can always kind of take a look at. And it's a great way of looking at how people are, you know, practicing fights, learning fights and things like that, uh, of making sure you're able to maximize your resources there, make up for other people's mistakes as you're going forward into fights, you know, and, and that's a good way of, you know, looking at a healer's logs, for example, and knowing what, you know, their plan of action, what you can expect from them if you were to recruit them, say, to your guild, and you're saying, okay, you know, this is something that you can expect from them, um, but they're not getting at a point where they're going to just oom themselves, and then, you know, you're going to die a minute later because nobody's got any mana. There was a tank note that I had in here, and I I really think the, the, the tanking back and forth, to sort of summarize all what we've talked about so far in this first half, is... And every tank we bring on on the show, we do like the actual spec reviews. So tanks do push damage at the cost of survivability sometimes, depending on the encounter. But I think the two points about tanks are that if your tank is going for damage, are they dying all the time? Or your tank is doing very little damage, but they never die. So there is there is a a middle ground that you have to reach obviously i don't know what that middle ground is and i can't speak for tanks out there that are doing either one of these things i've always thought that tanks trying to go for damage is kind of like stupid because you should be the last ones to die in every encounter unless you mess up a taunt swap or a mechanic or get knocked off a platform right like your damage shouldn't matter it's tuned in a way that it matters in legion i'm not going to discredit that but, honestly though, the hardest fights right now in the game are three tanked for control, not for tank damage. And if you're three tanking these encounters, you obviously have the damage to push forward. You don't need to drop a tank to go to two. Well, that depends on if you're bringing, for example, you know, more healers than usual. I mean, we're seeing with like Argus mm. where, you know, first kills were three healed and now True. they're being four healed and you're having healers DPSing and... Yeah. people going as hard as possible so if you're needing that third tank for example like you said for control then it helps if one of the tanks you know that is not going to be expecting to take lots of heavy damage if they're able to gear up more for damage and being able to assist with pushing past those transition points that you, sure. you need to then that's there's a benefit to that you know as long as they're not dying you know if they need extra cooldowns from healers i mean that's one thing i always kind of want more of is tanks you know being more aggressive calling for external cooldowns right right you know if you if they are if they want to leverage for me as a healer if they want to leverage you know less survivability and rely more on external healer cooldowns to do more damage or something like that well that's fine because i've got them and might as well take advantage of them when they're there gotcha um with with tank tank dps it's um i'm not a, a tank per se, but I do speak to quite a few of them, but the general consensus tends to be from a lot of them that you you should be looking through things um, in advance to see how much survivability you're going to need. You get to that point where you feel comfortable that you can survive, and after that, anything else should be tuned for damage, because all that survivability then is going to be basically gearing for failure or mistake mm, okay. um, in a lot of cases, whereas you can leverage that extra gear for damage that is going to be useful all the time. But a lot of tanks tend to approach that differently because it, it, it's generally dependent on your play style. But that's the the idea that I get from a lot of them when I speak to them. Okay. Yeah, that summarizes the... Uh, there's obviously... I want to put a footnote for tanking, but this show obviously is more geared for healers and DPS, so... 
But just so they're not totally left out and my bookmark guy can make sure put like a tank bookmark in there that'll, you know, just satiate that side of the community. That's totally fine. But I want to move us forward so that we can get to what I have flagged as the community misunderstanding section and go through a whole bunch of mechanical things and mentality shifts in the second half of the show. But of course... This is the 2018 start of the show here. There will be some shows that won't be even related to World of Warcraft on the horizon. There, of course, if you've missed the preamble on the beginning of the show, there are the Legion sort of catch-up style shows on the on the future here. I want to do at least Rogue Mage and uh, Warlock and Hunter, the pure DPS classes, and then a mixed tank and mixed healing show. But that's six weeks down the road, and we could have beta for Battle for Azeroth early February, end of January. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. And once that happens, obviously coverage of that is way more important than coverage of this. So that's just a, a side note there. But if you want to keep the show rolling forward, or if you're watching the first time on YouTube, the subscribe button on YouTube is down there. And then the one on Twitch is like up there, I think. And that supports the show and keeps it rolling forward because this is what I do now, right? The show and all the live stuff and the content between discussion videos. People have asked me about doing micro versions of the show, which may or may not be a thing in battle specifically, depending on how systems work and what kind of guests I have on the future. So we'll see how those roll forward. But there will be a BTS after show for this show in particular. And if you want to check out more of these podcasts, there are the uh, the Patreon BTS shows are over on the show's Patreon page. If you want to support the show in a more direct way, you can go do that. There are 30 of them. The 31st will be today. We'll do a BTS after show for this show. If you want to follow along with the show notes and see how those are put together, or if you want any of the other tiers that we just restructured, you can go check those out and keep the show rolling. For another expansion, we started in Mr. Pindaria, and Battle for Azeroth will be our fourth going forward. So thank you all for the support going forward to keep the show rolling, of course. And another big shout out to Teramaya, Chaos, Jason, Tazlin, Screwsloose, Mia, R4, Dalthier, Truffles, and Druish for their assistant producer pledges. Just ridiculous. And I have to make my, my manager happy. But again, if you want to eat something or drink something, phrasing, and support the show... The link down below to Daily Harvest. You can use the code FINALBOSSTV and get three cups for free out of your first order of six for smoothies or breakfast bowls or parfaits or this soup. I'm serious, chat. I'm not even trying to just hawk a product. Out. This is really good. It's really good. So you can go check those out at the link down below. I don't have very many quote-unquote sponsors or hashtag sellout moments on this show because I, I dev this for almost half a year before I was confident. So you can go check that out below if you'd like. Links are in the description box on YouTube or, of course, on the Twitch page down here. But I'm going to move over some Warcraft Logs posts now and bring back up. So we have... I actually need to find this. Hold on. Where is it? I didn't have this prepped. Where is this image? So, I can't, you can't just search this? Who has the I am my parse image of Illidan? I am my parse. Ill Hang on, I need it. I can't believe it's not like searchable. It's not, damn. 
I was ready, but it's not here. You look up Illidan, I am my parse, and you get a whole bunch of other nonsense. Well, damn. But that's sort of what I wanted to get into with examples of what players should strive for and focus on as positives instead of just going like, oh, I want an orange parse. So a lot of people think that they're, and word up, you touched on this very at the end of the other part of the, of the, the other part of the show. They think they're doing worse than they really are because they don't understand this damage cost of what they are doing. But by doing that, which costs damage from a DPS standpoint, they're going to kill bosses, which is the whole point. Am I wrong? Yeah, I, th I think that there are a few cases where people just seem to assume that everyone's on a level playing field when they're doing a boss. That, that no one's got any external jobs that they're doing that are going to mess with the damage. Other things that would, if you were doing them, or if you weren't doing other things, hmm. would improve your performance. And a lot of people then look at a log and not identify that, that that's happening. And so you can't one-to-one -one compare you and them because of that reason. So you can maybe find out some information, but you can't gleam a perfect comparison between the two of you. So like... If you looked at Portal Keeper, if someone's going up versus someone who's staying down, you're going to have a different layout in your logs. Like the makeup of your damage is going to be very different, as is the timings of your cooldowns, for us as an example. Um, so if you don't pick that out, a lot of the time you'll find cases where you've opted into doing something that is important, but you'll do yourself a disservice by looking at it and feeling like you should be doing exactly the same as them when you have a well, a handicap of sorts in your performance. I feel like those are kind of just fights you can write off. I mean, mm. like, yeah, there are going to be fights where you, you are on, you know, mechanics duty, basically, and, you know, you kind of just, oh, okay, let me write that off, because I know that's going to be something where I can't, you know, have these crazy parses or anything like that. I think that's just something that's going to be an expectation, that whenever you're going into, you know, certain fights, if you are giving up, you know, going, staying downstairs, tunneling or whatever, right, like, you can just kind of write that off. But, I mean, if you're looking at, like, how you're performing other mechanics fight by fight, you know, isn't, you know, the ideal for, you know, Mythic Raiders is going to be something along the lines of how well can you do the mechanics while still doing really good damage, right? Right, yeah. You know, the closer that you're able to bring those two things together, because you need to have both. You can't just have somebody only doing one thing. So yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. you know, necessarily say, like, that people should really worry too much if you're going to be going on to those fights where you're, oh, okay, I'm going upstairs. Like, most everybody's going to go upstairs, so... You know, those fights you shouldn't really worry about. Or, I mean, you shouldn't, you know, if, for example, if most melee are going to be going upstairs and that's just going to be the thing that happens on a fight, you know, if you're seeing the top horses are the one or two people that get to stay down and, you know, you got to just write that off and say, okay, you know, that's what other people are going to be able to do. But I shouldn't worry about it. You should not worry about those kind of fights. Right? And that's where, you know, you want to look at all of the fights as a whole to say, how can I perform, you know, the mechanics while doing as much damage as possible, so... In those cases, I think that, that you can still look at them, because obviously everyone has to progress on them still. Um, they need to find a log that mirrors what they're doing yeah, yeah, to yeah. do yeah. their comparisons. That's the most important thing that someone can do when they're looking at these. So you need to identify, like, and usually it's quite obvious when there's something like that happening, that you can just write that off and pick another one to look at. Which is really nice to find comparisons for your logs by joining discords for specific classes, because discords are all about wholesomeness and working togetherness. Jack, I don't, I don't know if you're... Why? Yeah, I mean... They're, they're a good place to, you know, make friends and work with each other. 
Baylor. I mean, yes, of course, you're not wrong. I know you're trying to you're trying to to turn this discussion to to goad chat or myself into the the recent developments for Discord. I don't know what what recent developments can you fill in chat? But that's oh my goodness, you're not. This is why you only come out like one show a year, Jack. This is why, right, right here. No, I mean, but you're not wrong. That you you can do that in a certain microcosm of discords and, and joining them obviously is more for the repository of information that is then pinned or posted. Usually not. I, I'm biased because we have the Shambro council with some of the, the best shamans out there doing all this stuff that I dip in and the people that work on SimCraft, right? They work on this stuff behind the scenes with word up. So I get to read this stuff and then, hopefully funnel that out into the community, at least from, you know, my guinea pig style, but you're not, it's not going to work, Jack. It's not going to work. It already worked. It's not going to work. Yeah. And like seven people in chat, one of them is Taryn. Who cares transition. about Taryn? Yeah. And you can't do that. I mean, the, 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 but seriously, join discords. Obviously. Yeah. All the discord links are, are on the channel guide for final boss TV. That's right there. I have all the links to them. I think one of them doesn't work. Like, my link was removed, so I don't know which one that was, though, I was told, but the risk versus rewards, inverted commas, versus results, soaking mechanics doesn't lead you to that oh-sweet-orange parse, but it, it, what should matter at the ground level is felling the boss. Like, no one's gonna parse well if you have to do soak duty on Mythic Kill Jaden, but killing Mythic Kill Jaden was the point, okay? Who cares about your numbers? At that point, like you don't want to die to the same stupid RNG mechanic because it does have 15 freaking times, right? So yeah, like like Jack said before with that one, that that one's really good. Um, if you if you you're doing a job that's that's rubbish on Kiljane, if you gotta go and soak, you gotta go like kite orbs around or whatever. You're a rogue who's got every bitch job that they can possibly imagine and throw mm -hmm. at you. Then. You can find a log of someone who's also got that awful job, and then you can find out what they're doing different to all the other rogues who haven't got to do that job that's making them keep up or making them beat the other rogues who haven't got to do that. And you can then emulate that. And it's usually things like cooldown timers or how they'll manipulate the rotation based on when they're going to have that downtime, right. and they'll play around it. That's something that you can find out from logs that is really important. But you shouldn't be looking at the log that's not doing it and then emulating theirs because then that's not going to line up with when you're on the other side of the platform kiting an orb and getting hit by obelisks, I'm sure. <laughs> there's <laughs> there, there's an overarching point to this too where, and we go on this on the shows before, mechanics or in the whole parsing community, right? Logging community, dealing less damage. Oh no. Does and should equal more knitted victories, which has the overarching goal of morale in your guild, right? Well, nope. well that's where the raid leader comes in, is to, like, sure. bust down on people. <laughs> like, De go after depending people. Depending on what guild environment you're in, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, keeping it, you know, making sure that everybody's doing, you know, getting away with just enough to make sure you're getting the boss down, you know, stuff like that. Right. Because no one, no one likes being... 300 pulls into a boss realizing you could have killed it 150 pulls ago if X and Y and Z just happened then and it dawns on you. Right? No one likes that feeling. And everyone out there has had a boss that have been like, we definitely killed this 80 pulls ago. Why are we not killing this now? Because that, again, as raiders, 
what a lot of our time in this game is doing is to beat bosses. So, and, and one of the, the things that come up in chat, parsing is for farm. That is sort of a farm minigame, I get. So that should be where it goes and the mentality there should, should go. But that's the point I want to lead into is what do you find that players are more worried about lately? Which has come up in different parts, but... I think a lot of it is just comparing themselves to other people in the groups that they're running with, you know? Uh, I think one of the biggest things that I keep seeing is, you know, oh, I'm... You know, I'm not performing where I should be you know, in relation to everybody else. And it's a nice thing for healers because usually you want to be seeing everybody kind of being more or less in line with each other um, on most fights and most encounters you're going to be seeing there. So I think, you know, one of the first things that always kind of comes to mind is, oh, I'm really behind other, other healers. What am I doing wrong? What's going on there? And a lot of times, you know, it does come down to your gameplay. It does come down to your playstyle. Usually, you know, stats legendaries eye level stuff like that can all have an impact on it but as a healer a lot of it you know most of it will start with your gameplay most of it's going to start with your gameplay how you're you know preparing for damage coming out watching for when you know things are going to be happening how you're organizing raid cooldowns you know the whole spiel we've kind of been beating a dead horse over the whole time right mm -hmm. you know the gameplay is going to be the thing that's going to matter the most and that's one of the things that i always try to do when we're doing log reviews doing coaching and stuff like that is starting with that point and then you're moving on to, you know, how you are performing while you're moving on fights, while you're, you know, dealing with specific mechanics, all kinds of little things like that that come into play. Right. And what yeah, I, I find that oh, yeah, I find that it's cut like right down the middle of groups of people who should be using logs and so on, and completely throw the the whole parsing thing out of the window, and they should be using those to go from basically playing wrong to playing accurately like playing how they right. should be playing yeah like, like how a guide tells you to play which is what they should be using those logs mm. for like they're there to um to sort of supplement what a guide will tell you to show you exactly like the minutiae on a fight that is really core fundamental parts of like the button presses that you're doing and then there's the group of people who have definitely got those and they want to transition to go to get better but they have no idea what to look for in a log to see what it is that's pushing that little bit of extra damage here or there and also not being able to look at their own log to see where that difference is because they don't know what they're looking for gotcha and discords are there to help you find out what you're looking for i don't know why you keep doing this Jeff. in a what friendly is, way what is, in a what friendly is this way what is friendly wholesome way what is you know, this? The, the, go the, beyond the guides players think that they're doing bad when comparing themselves to others without knowing all the information of what that player is doing or what they're doing in comparison to those other players. So just make sure, make sure you're, you're not like the different encounter examples that we have talked about here so far. Just make sure you're doing your research versus just going like, oh, I want to parse like this guy, or I want to, I want to do as much damage as X. But that doesn't always work. Doesn't always work because there's the mentality shift, right? There's the rules to to the rating road, basically. So, and the only real big one that I think comes up the most that we can break down right now is what is padding or the internet terminology of scumbagging? What defines that? Because Putting the, the raid at risk because of your gameplay, you know, simply, you know. Building up certain resources or building up, you know, meters in any kind of way that puts the raid in really high danger, you know. 
So, hmm. I feel like, yeah, you know, doing uh, something like, you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, I mean, Word Up kind of talked about that with like the Avatar examples and stuff right. like that of, you know, things that'll put the raid in danger just to, you know, get bigger numbers unnecessary. Yeah, there's been examples since I think the first time that it really, really became a thing was like back in Siege. And the examples there with people on Nazgrim delegating AO in the ads. But there's all <laughs> oh, other so kinds bad. of like, like, Little things like we had it with fire over in Blackrock with people like mm-hmm. tanking wolves off in a corner and us just pressing fire over from the boss for the whole fight. Ooh, um, yeah. <laughs> there's other like really small ones like people paying to get tricks and things like that. Those oh, are like God, yeah. little small things in logs that are there to show why it's looking so good. Um, but padding is something that is it's it's tied to the raid that's current. There has to be room to do it for it to start happening. Um, which is, again, like why, why I use Tomb a lot more than Antorus, because I think Tomb has so many more choices for mm. you doing it, um, because it was a much more like ad-heavy fight, which is usually the biggest culprit of when the, the padding happens, is when there's ads that need to die, but don't need that much attention. So one person could do it, and everyone else could just not. And that's right. what people tend to take advantage of. Well, you're looking at there's a couple of different things to to piece apart in in here. So, yeah, looking good on the meters at the extent of your raid, right? And this this goes the same regard too with the healing counterpoint. Is that if you're just trying to overheal for no reason to snipe every bit of damage that is going out when you don't need to, for at the expense of mana that could then hurt you later on in the fight. It's the same thing goes for either way. So, word up, you bring up Tomb, and I have Mistress written down here. So, the two examples we had, an Enhancement Shaman using Crash Lightning to improve and funnel single-target boss damage by doing a little bit of AoE to the adds, but focusing Mistress Sazine, that is a good example of what padding could be looked at. Or the Ret Paladin using Divine Storm the entire time lowering their single-target priority boss damage by just attacking adds they don't need to attack at all, that is bad. <laughs> right? And not everyone thinks of, of, of this specifically. Obviously, those Murlocs gonna die. But honestly now, you don't need to hit Divine Storm the whole fight. It doesn't... Mm-mm. Don't do it. Don't do it. You tell them. I... They're still gonna do it. They're still gonna do it, I guess. <laughs> but... But there are some egregious ones you brought up before too, and there are there are minutia ones. So to bring it to Worldbreaker, right now, when he crashes down the first phase, there are two guns. You only can kill one of those guns. So attacking both guns doesn't do anything because it just goes away and that damage goes to the Nether. But if you're a Shadow Priest, cross dotting to gain more insanity to funnel into the main gun, that's fine. But if you're an arms warrior with sweeping strikes turned on that gains you nothing but more damage that doesn't exist, doesn't matter, that that's padding, right? That doesn't do anything for the encounter, right? Not saying it was should be doing that. Hopefully not. But there's little things like that that you have to be aware of. And this all goes back to the main purpose of the show that look at damage sources that players are contributing to on an encounter to see if it's actually a solid log or if it's fluffed because there's plenty of that 
less now than last year, but still. There still really is. But, I mean, that brings me just, like, to the, the flawed approach to all this. You kind of just both recapped what you think players should focus on. But do you have any more? Do you want a soapbox real quick before we just let chat room throw some questions at us about this whole topic? I mean, Jack, what do you think? Any soapboxing like, points for healers? I feel like I've kind of beaten it to death already. I mean, <laughs> to be honest. That's true. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. Never turn off volley. Come on now. No. Go for it. Word up. I mean... That, I brought this right at the start the first time this happened when people were asking about your ranks bait and that is that like too mm -hmm. many people focus on what other people's ranks are to judge how good of a player they are um, mm. and whilst it's true that you can look at logs and someone can have really really good logs they might not necessarily be the best player ever they're just really good at playing a class sure. or really good at manipulating a fight they may not necessarily be the person who carries and kills the boss but they're going to be a useful raider nonetheless but you shouldn't be overtly worried that someone is doing that much who's obviously playing to the extreme level on that class that you can't necessarily emulate because there are a lot of factors that are making that happen. There's a lot more to getting rank ones and other things that people seem to really care about than the general person who looks at them from a, a lower passing area doesn't see. Gotcha. Okay. There was a lot of minutiae that has to be broken down with this, and I hope we've covered a handful of it. I mean, Packers brings up in chat, Warlocks have to pad. It's built into how we play. Uh, I mean, okay. But that's... If that is a mechanical building block to how a class works, then there are some of that that makes sense. But yeah, and we, and we talked about that with Agrimar and like dotting up ads where it's you know good to do it when you know people have to stop doing it, stuff like that. Right. Well, yeah, we... like if, if you gain something noticeable that's important for your, from your class mechanics, so like Warlocks using Agony to generate the most shards, that's completely legitimate. Um, that's not really anything that I would consider padding unless it's really, really bad. And like, so you're actually intentionally killing ads early on Mistress, as an mm. example, but. There are a lot of classes that have things that will do a bit more damage to things, but it makes you do more single target, which is ultimately the most yeah. important part in a lot of these bosses. So it's the same as Crash Lightning for us. It's going to do a lot more benefit in the single target for a lot less damage to the things that they shouldn't be doing. So it's not really what I'd consider like one of the egregious padding things. Right. I just know that the, the padding and the scumbagging terminology comes up quite a bit. And the encounters that, like, Scorporon lasted maybe two resets before that was obviously removed. Because that really doesn't do a whole lot. Because I remember doing those pulls where the Warlocks were like, Oh, look at my damage, it's crazy! But I beat them in boss damage. For all their nonsense and all their blowing up ads into Scorporon, they still lost in boss damage. So Yeah, that's a great thing to bring up that a lot of people, when they'll look at their log and they'll see that they've got a really low pass on something that is an AoE boss like that. Mm, okay. You can look at the boss damage and that'll usually show almost straight away if there is something going on. Um, if you've got like extremely good boss damage but average everything else. 
then that means that you're doing something really good to the boss damage part. And if that's the part that kills the boss, then you're doing really well. Right. And well, of course, yeah. If the ads have to die, it's not padding. But do you really have to pull all the scorpions in the room? I guess if your guild is bad at getting knocked back, you want to aggro scorpions later in the fight. Sure. <laughs> but that's that's a little bit derisive in that regard. So It's also like, if, if you get really bogged down in that one, um, the ads do have to die, but they have to die at a specific time. There's like a frame window that you want to kill them, okay. the tornadoes. And if you over damage them early, that means that all of the people who can turn that damage, that, that those AOE adds into more single target damage, mm -hmm. you've put them in a dangerous threshold where they can't do that. So you're actually reducing boss damage as well as mm -hmm. having AOEs without any gain, which is like the knock-on effect of doing it. Right, which is different from like Entor and High Command, where you need to kill all that madness because it's just jargon, right? Especially the bats and the pyromancers and the whirlwindy guys who hasn't died to one of those before because that bat damage is not insignificant. So those have to just die. So that's a very different style of encounter you're comparing. Well, let me talk about like Mistress Sazine versus Entor and High Command for sure. Yep. Yeah, Entor and High Command, they just, they just need to die, so it doesn't really matter what's right. going on. Not to mention dangerous for the passive AoE specs. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of RNG, or there's less RNG now than there was last expansion. No one's going to argue that. So, but there's still quite quite a bit. Yeah, stack all the dragons of nightmare up together. I mean, you pull the you pull the dogs together, even in mythic, right? And you pull the hounds of Sorgurgus together for the first eh, twelve seconds. Right, and then you yank them apart when they grow large, because that's that's not going to work. So little things like that definitely happen, but well, we're in soapbox time with chat right now. So if you guys have questions about any of this, or you have curiosities about what to look for or anything, we have time for that now. Chat, what's on your mind? Basically, yeah. Which tell us about your day. Tell us about your. Uh... What's your favorite Discord? Mm. <laughs> What's your least favorite Discord? <laughs> oh, I don't know about about that one. I don't know about that one. Why is well? First Dag off, it. First oh, off, that's not even me this time. Discord looks awesome now for videos. Like it's it improved drastically over the last couple of weeks. But I don't know why it just keeps cutting out. That's a new problem. I so no, okay, I, I have no idea. I don't know. What's it just happening. keeps refreshing itself. So, wait, so rank one parses are padding and shouldn't concern you since they usually contain fight-specific class advantages, abuse cooldowns, or kill times just flat out padding, which is not really beneficial to the raid. Would you summarize the great and most important part about logs, what they should be used for as long as people don't get caught up circle-jerking about bad RNG or gear differences? So, rank one passes shouldn't strictly be ignored, especially right now in Antares. The padding thing hasn't really got like off the off the rails. Like the weird strats haven't really happened yet. They will show you an example of someone who is almost. Uh, I can say with relative certainty that if someone's got a rank one, their fundamental ability to play the class is very high, and they're they're playing the class correctly. Mm -hmm. um, and then. You're also seeing an example of everything else coming together for the rank one, usually ideally. So they've got good RNG, they've got the right cooldown timings, they've played around the fight properly, the 
strategy has allowed them to do all this, and it's all come together to create the pass that's happened there. And the kill timer has landed perfectly, so it, that's what usually generates them. Um, it, it's not from lack of their ability to actually play. You will still see in those logs the fundamental button presses are perfectly indicative of how you should play the game. Usually. There just might just be some small things in there that are boosting them up occasionally on some fights. Okay. Stacking bosses isn't padding, it's just killing the bosses quicker. Padding is hitting the soul add in Spellblade or hitting the botanist non-kill targets. Those are both examples. Yeah. Well, Those but are very good examples of it, yeah. As long as stuff doesn't increase like your boss damage. You know, right. It doesn't exactly. contribute to killing the the real thing that matters faster. Yeah. Some Pro some ads have to die, some ads, you know, have to die at specific times. Right. Yeah, again, if you're the red paladin just spamming Divine Storm on the triple botanist boss, that does nothing for you. <laughs> it does does nothing for you. Right? But if you're the enhancement shaman hitting crash lightning to funnel or you're cross dotting for resource management or something. If you're leaving volley turned on, that's not helping. Unless it is a single target DPS gain and the residual damage is minimal. It doesn't matter because you can't stop that. Right? So it's just being smart about... Just don't be dumb. It's being smart about dumb things, right? So... But pros and cons of parsing, does it really make a huge difference in the gameplay of people? With, like, live logging, I guess? Well, or... I think it's just a... This, Maybe you put you put a caveat to that. Are you trying to have people parse on first kills above just getting the victory, or is it a mini game that you and your guild plays on farm to parse and push yourselves while still farming and not wiping for two hours on a boss? Because <laughs> no one no one has fun at that point, right? If you're trying to scumbag or or pad or parse or or do big dick DPS on farm and you wipe for two hours. That doesn't know it any good. <laughs> it doesn't do anyone any good, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at what people are doing to play correctly, but also not wipe you. Simple as that. Right. I mean, if the guilds agreed to do something a bit wacky and weird to try and do that, um, then it's totally fine if you wipe on it for a while, but that has to be something that everyone agrees to. You don't want to drag 15 people who just want to get farm over with through a two-hour slog on the same boss just for the sake of you maybe getting a high rank, because you still might not get it, even though you think you could. Um, I don't think it really affects gameplay, though. I think the pass thing is much more in the mindset of people, where they're not looking at ways to optimize the raid. They're looking at ways where they can emulate someone who does a lot of damage without strictly knowing if it's necessary, or even how they're doing it. Okay. I don't care about the padding issue as long as bosses die and people are not a bag of dicks about being the top damage. That's never going to go away. Yeah. <laughs> people love being top damage. Right, exactly. Yep. The botanist healed bosses' damage was removed from logs anyway. Well, yeah, because Kira, who... Shout out to Kira for curating all this madness that players keep trying to find and break and abuse for finding things to remove 
from logs to help them be a little bit more clean of this kind of stuff. And of course, removing the all-star ranks from certain bosses, Scorporon being the, a recent example of ones that just don't matter in that regard. So... Well, players are very good at finding ways to break bosses. Of course. I think the first one that was disabled in Tomb was Inquisition, which is a really weird one like at first thought, but the reason it was disabled was because everyone went <laughs> so, down and yeah. then everyone came back up and you spawned 20 adds and then you just got to AoE everything. Yep. Which doesn't... Yeah, I remember that. that or not that even... actively hinders the boss. It does. Yeah, for sure. All it does is just propagate. And they also, logs are flagged as invalid if you bring trash into boss fights now <laughs> across the board. <laughs> that's an old one, yeah. Yeah, man. So, yeah. I think that was from like Siege, or that was adjusted maybe before that. Right. Just to make sure everyone is aware of that as a thing that you can't. And it was definitely a thing that people used to do. But that's, is that also true for bringing in buffs from outside when your combat log starts, right? You can't have, like, spell-stolen buffs from trash and you start a boss fight. Doesn't that get flagged as well? I'm actually not sure if that is that detailed. I'm actually not sure about that one. Because I know there... Um, it depends on the buff, but on the buff, but a lot of them, the overwhelming majority of buffs like that are usually flagged to be dropped on combat and the ones that mm, get okay. through usually don't last very long because someone sees it in the log and then they tell someone or they tell Kira, Kira will flag the log or they tell someone who tells someone else who then has yeah. it flagged to no longer work. Yeah, Man, exactly. Rip Tito. Kid bringing up uh, Tito, uh. which is like the little dog and there's like little um... Yeah, it'd be the, like a little dog in like a in a tornado, right? Yeah. And I remember playing Shadow That's and it. getting Tito up, and I could just dot it, and then instantly get Twist of Fate procked, like at the most random times. That stuff was awesome. <laughs> I'm yeah. getting your orbs ready before the pull as well. Yeah. Um, and then like the, the, the hunters have been the ones that have had the the strange ones, like um, the the pet buff in Shadow Moon Valley, where they'd go and get all the pets, they'd get it buffed up by the the fell pool. Mm -hmm. And then they'd stampede with all of those pets, and they'd keep the buff and do a lot of damage with stampedes. Wasn't there that stupid cow trinket that everyone would, like, coordinate to cast that then one person could hit with, like, a AoE to do more damage all of a sudden? That would make... I can't remember if that even counted, but I know that was a thing. But yeah, then there was definitely Tito. There was, no other... there was people that were spawning um, target dummies... The portable ones in combat to do extra damage to that would only give so much but i mean again like word of said people will find ways <laughs> right chaos theory yeah. oh tito was the one that summoned cows i thought there were two different ones yeah okay i never did any madness so i was like it's just not <laughs> important also i didn't yeah. i didn't have twist of fates or execute style mechanics so feels bad man you never <laughs> heard the cows sucks, sucks flying around yeah but um, for uh, Blue Hydra's question, Blue Hydra's question was yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, about that. getting rank one on um, Fellhounds and, you know, the whole team leaning on his healing and stuff like that. You know, to put your other healers on notice, I mean, if you're not one of the officers, it's kind of a little bit harder to do and not come off as rude or uh, inappropriate or whatever because people get 
you know, they're feeling certain stuff. But I mean, if you're in the position to be like one of the officers or talk to some of the officers about what's going on, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to be a functional raid group if you're going to be, you know, leaning on one healer all of the time. You know, you're going to be in a situation where what is, what's going to happen? Like, Kingaroth, you're going to be on one side, all the other healers are going to be on another to keep people alive. Like, that's that's going to be a situation that's just not going to be very helpful at all. So, in that aspect, I'd really start looking at, you know, what resources, you know, your other healers are not looking for or, you know, should be looking at, you know, start looking at, you know, putting them on notice to say, you know, to keep on progressing through these bosses, we need to be able to pick this up as a team. We need to be able to pick this up as a group. That way you're actually able to trust and lean on everybody else in your healing team. Because it is it is a team effort. You're not able to have one person carry everything, just like you're not able to have one person carry all the damage on, you know, certain priority targets or anything like that. Right? You know, it's got to be worked on as a team and people have to be able to, you know, get together, focus on what's gonna going wrong, how people can adjust those and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely that. That's a really big thing that people don't. But they they treat a lot of the raiding prep stuff as an individual thing, um, when a lot of the time the the guild should be discussing at some point. You know, um, should we set like these three people to go and do this ads, and then not have anyone else have to do it because they're so good at it? Uh, should we allow this person who's historically one of the stronger damage dealers in the guild to be able to do X job? and not have to worry about doing the other stuff and have other people sort of prop them up because they're going to do more than those people or vice versa. There's a lot of like inter-class things that work on a fight um, that logs are really good at telling you which ones those are, especially if it's a long pull boss, say you've got like 300 pulls to work something out. You can use the first 20 to 30 to test which ones are going to be the ones that you can really eke out a little bit more damage from by altering the way that you approach it. Yeah, I mean, the first thing is just recognizing, you know, there's a problem going on, getting the conversation going from there, you know. Because I think that's one of the things is, you know, getting past people saying, oh, it's RNG, or oh, you're sniping, or oh, it's this and that. Like, focus on, like, you know, start on the gameplay, start on the fundamentals of each people, you know, each person, you know, and being able to bring to them, hey, you need to be casting this thing more often, you need to be looking at this more often, you know. Some of the things that you can give them, you know, objective empirical evidence of saying, not RNG, it's not this thing, it's not that thing, it's just, you know, this is where you're going wrong to start with. Right. There's a lot of good things. We I we didn't actually dig into your WoW Analyzer post that you gave me very much, but we can... Do you want to... Yeah, we kind of talked about it. Yeah, we kind of talked about it already. Yeah, well, we, we talked about it. I didn't bring it up on screen. I didn't want to bring it up in a way, and we brought it up before the show about, like, oh, make fun of you because all the recommendations. But obviously, it's a very in inconsistent thing to look at those specifically. But for those of you that are looking for, because to piggyback on the healer one, and to go over, like, the different stats you can break down. So this is the WoW Analyzer tool, which is, I would say, more or less a better tool for healing. Because of all the put, all the little drop downs you can hear at the bottom here, like you can see again your damage reduction per second of your barrier, and this is on Mythic Imanar. Let me scroll back up. Mythic Imanar, the Soul Hunter, blah blah. blah. So you yeah, can get you get so you get stats like this that you can then compare with your other healing core to see like where are things used better, or or mm -hmm. whatnot. But you can you can expound more upon this, Jack. Yeah, I mean, so like when you start at the top, you have the suggestions of you know what you need to be casting, what you need to be doing more. But those things, like we talked about earlier, you always have to be able to take with a grain of salt, you know, recognizing like, oh, okay, I'm on this fight where, you know, there's really big periods where I can't even hit the boss or I'm not in range of the boss, you know, or periods where you may not actually want to be using penance because there's, you're not going to be able to get value out of it. You know, little things like that can all come into play. Um, 
you can always look at times where it's like, oh, okay, well, you'd actually be, you know, things like Light's Wrath, you know, it's very timing specific. So you may actually be holding off on using something when, you know, you want to make sure you're using it for better timing. So those things all come to play. It's always important to kind of take it with a grain of salt, you know, but if you're looking at, if you have, if you mouse over bay the barrier damage reduction per second, you're able to see, oh, okay, on Mythic Imanar, you're reducing, you know, say like 100 million damage or something like that mm -hmm. on the entire raid over the course of the entire encounter, you know? But people are like, oh, well, Dispriest is really bad because you can't heal on the bridge part of it. Well, actually, you're able to provide something else elsewhere. You're able to see um, at the very, yeah, there we go. Yeah, 90, saying, oh, okay. 92 million, yeah. Yeah, 92 million damage was reduced over the course of an encounter just by pushing barrier and having everybody stand in it, right? Like, imagine your three-minute cooldown doing 40 million healing. Well, that, that's aura mastery for paladins, basically, right? right. So, you know, it's, it's pretty damn good when you're able to do that, right? Uh, you're able to provide things like atonement damage reduction, you know, where you're saying you're always getting a little bit of extra uh, damage reduction just for having atonement on different players and things like that, you know? So, it's not infallible don't get me wrong and mm -hmm. nobody i don't think says wow analyzer is infallible but it's a pretty interesting tool to be able to look at specific things um and even with this priest actually if you can flip back real quick sure for, like the drop the drop down menu for evangelism you know that's a great tool that you're actually able to look at a lot more easily for this priest gameplay it's a lot easier to just break it down immediately um and look at where you can need improvement on uh rather than just going into the log and trying to look at it yourself all right you're able to you know pull it up Look at the drop-down menu. Uh, I'm not sure if you have an screen. Yep. Yeah. So you're it able is. to see, like, hey, I have evangelism. You know, how many atomas did I have up every single time I did it? You know, there's times where I did great. I had 18 atomas up. Awesome. And then there's times where I made a mistake and I only had eight, which was really crappy. You know, and you're able to see, okay, how can I get better at being consistent with this? You know? Right. All kinds of stuff like that. There's a counterpoint that chat brings up just to go off of this, because this is obviously only one log of jacks as a discipline priest and this is a, a tool that you can use specifically for a lot of other things but i mean yeah if your raid is doing mechanics properly healers can't do good parses and that's sort of a a wrap point because we're definitely at time here that shouldn't be how an encounter feels because that is a a, a issue and we brought up that with kill times earlier from a dps standpoint or how many you have in your raid group or if you you know the rng involved there but yeah, of course, if your raid is taking a lot more avoidable damage, then your healers will quote unquote parse better. But then you can look at look at your logs and see how much damage your raid takes versus a higher parsed healer than yours. Look how much damage their raid takes. Is it fine to say that their raid's taking more garbage damage just so the healers look better? Or is it better to look at your raid? avoiding the damage that you don't need to take at all and it'll make those healers look just fine I, I don't know what that's a bit of a slippery slope i would say so yeah i think, I think it's it very much gives you caught in the weeds and conversations like that so yeah but, yeah like yeah. someone someone can still be passing really well but they just won't be at the top because the top's been muddied by the people who have people who are taking a lot of extra damage but yep. it's it's just a it's a very easy way for someone to justify something being not as good as it should be by just signing it off as oh, their raids doing worse than me, so that's why I didn't do enough. Yeah. Well, the gameplay, the, that's the biggest thing. Yep. The one thing about WoW Analyzer I want to mention uh, for DPS is that it's it's really, really, really good for people who are doing those like grey-green 
low blue passes who aren't really doing the very basic stuff, right? Because okay. it's, for the DPS, it, a lot of them have got the really basic things like buff up times and cooldown usage in there to tell you that you didn't do this. Um, the higher up you go, the more confident you have to be in the knowledge that you already have, where you can see that the data is there, but it's not really relevant to the fight that you're looking at. Like when you bring up Imanar, we looked at I looked at one of mine, and that was saying that um, there was a major issue with buff up time because it doesn't account for the fact that when you're on the bridge, you can't have your buffs up. So those are the kind of things where you need to lean on yourself that you know parts of the log that the analyzer isn't picking up and then you can use that to justify those things but yeah, otherwise you should be using it to pick up the most basic things that it will catch mm -hmm. and it will yeah. tell you off for and it's a good you know tool to get started in looking at different things so right and it gets better as people expand on it because it's been you know out for like a tier and a half so right not that old See, yeah, I mean, there's there's a little back and forth in chat that sort of summarizes sort of the overall goal of this show and why it's the first show of 2018, which leads us into beta for a new expansion, which will obviously lead into combat and, and you know, mechanical changes and system changes in the game. And this is sort of like an overarching community sort of poke, right? That people need to stop worrying about parsing for rank one and focus on getting a better log than they did the first time they did that fight. That's what name brings up in the chat. But that's a really fine end point i would say honestly your guild morale and the health of your guild and defeating bosses together as a team feels a lot better than who cares if mark shout out to mark tries to get a, a an orange parse like i don't care if mark gets an orange parse if we're wiping i don't care it doesn't matter right so it's better to to move that forward and every guild of course progresses a different way and yes of course both of my guests here are mythic as well as I am. I'm wiping on Agrabah right now, and Word Up and Jack, you're both wiping on Argus right now. So, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, anyway, <laughs> it's anyway, it's just something that has to be sort of spoken about. And I wanted to make this sort of the start of 2018. So, Anthony, you guys want to good start 2018, man? <laughs> Anything you want to shout out and. Uh... And sort of end with Jack, I'll throw it to you first. Oh my. Um, shout out to all the priests, man. All hey. the, you know, all the wholesomeness that a Discord has brought us. Oh my God. Why, uh, Jack? All excellence and wholesome and lovely people. Yeah. Don't let people get you down about certain articles saying you're not nice, okay? Oh you're all wonderful. Good Lord. Word up, do you want to actually have a real end note here? Because Jack's just like <laughs> like low-key trolling right now. Do you want to like... Well, I, 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 the last thing I can say was someone mentioned before that someone said, well, not everyone's a Mythic Raider and not everyone's going to get those rank ones and stuff. Sure. Those, the people who aren't Mythic Raiders, I see people in the discords where they get a lot of different conversational help from people uh, who are only Heroic Raiders and they can pass orange. They can pass really, really well yep. because... They care about improving all the time and they've got all the resources there to do it. It's just feeling like it's just dragging yourself out of the the hole where you feel like you can't um, or that you don't have the resources to do it and just do that. Well, there you yeah. Shout out to my you guild who can stay mountain. out of the chat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah your guilds are like raiding right now and they're in here trolling you. It happens. It, yeah. It yeah. happens. Telling me off yeah. for not being in the raid. I mean, 
there's this interesting yeah, point. My guilt. Uh, okay, I mean, I sorry. wasn't gonna bring it up, Jack, but you can, you know, you can dig your own grave yeah. with that one. Oh, sorry. Um, the Whoa. a lot of there's actually a, a weird misnomer, a small community misconception, I guess, to end on is that a lot of the guide writers and theory crafters and math crafters behind the scenes that are working on these tools that the mass populace uses. They're also not bleeding-edge mythic raiders. Some of them have... Some are. ...questionable results because of this, but some definitely are, but a larger majority of them aren't, but they still know what the hell they're talking about and what they're putting together, and you use their tools, so I'm not gonna sit here and, like, list every single one of them, but just, like, a blanket statement, so I don't think just because they're not, you know, raiding 75 hours a week mythic that they don't know what they're doing or what they're talking about so just keep that in mind just going forward but yeah, man. jack just wants to troll he's just he's just no, laughing I'm, I'm being wholesome positive okay the, the positive let's be positive okay you, jack, like like nobody even brought the fact that word up and i have the same headphones right like oh one on person did before oh one person I noticed it, but I didn't say anything. They, they asked what they are. See? The See? I tried to avoid the off-topicness, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I suppressed that. But this Discord is, what... is on-topic. This is oh. Discord is on-topic, except for when it's off-topic, and then the... Then it's also hate speech. <laughs> I wasn't going to say I mean, that's I think that's where we draw. We can, we can pick this up in the BTS after show if you want more of this banter that I'm sure will come up where I'm going to totally rib Jack for all this madness. But I'm going to hit this button. So if you want more, check out the BTS podcast. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hit this button and say thank you very much for tuning in to episode number 161 of Final Boss TV. First show of 2018. I was on time. I clicked the button at 4 o'clock, okay? I was here. Damn it. But we have catch-up shows. Quiet you. We have catch-up shows on the horizon, of course, and a ton of Battle for Azeroth coverage once that starts rolling out, once I can do anything with it, right? So that's the, the meme that's in my chat. Does Bay already have access or not? Because you can't say. Wait, you don't? Wow, wow. <laughs> but there's there's Jack. You can go follow him on Twitter at AutomaticJack. His stream is listed there. He tweets pictures of the same smile in every selfie ever. Of course. And, of course, why not? And he's very he's tall, if you didn't know. That's right. People didn't know. People didn't know. I mean, maybe not. But you go watch his stream, watch him heal. What's your highest mythic plus key completed right now, Jack? Flex that number real quick, sir. Uh, 25, but not in time. 24 in time. Oh. As a priest. Stand yeah. flasks. OP. Oh my gosh. Are you Stand actually... Flask. I have to ask. You're not using... You're, are you magnum opusing stamp flask? Are you using oh. the the shield trinket from Antor and High Council too, or Commander? Yeah, whatever? dude. It you are spell <laughs> shield emitter number one. Oh, plus God. trinket out there, number one. Okay? Oh yeah. If yep. you're pushing high keys, yeah, I'm not a meme. I'm taller than Taliesin. I'm taller than Taliesin. Yeah, you are. There you are. But that's yep. that's not a joke. That trinket is way good. It's insane for Midi plus. It's the best. And there is Senpai, word up. You can go follow him on Twitter at Vaughn underscore word up. And of course, check out his YouTube for all his kill videos. And then Pokemon Discord for his guides and his Google documents for like the 12 classes he makes stuff for. And his guides on Icy Veins. And Wowhead, word up. Thank you for being on the show like for the ninth time. Appreciate it, sir. 
How many times already? I don't know. I didn't count. <laughs> no. Just talking out of my ass. But I appreciate well, we'll it. We'll say nine then. Okay, yeah. Do you think we did this topic justice today in the show because we've been working on this for months? Do you think it works? Do you think the community will, will be good boys and girls about it? I think you've proven oh, awesome. that it couldn't be a half-hour video. Yeah, I know, duh. Quite clearly. Quite clearly. I think clearly. it could have been. I think yeah. it could have been. No. It, it took a lot of squashing. Yeah. It definitely took a lot of squishing, for sure. But thank you very much for watching, everybody. Trusting your seal of artifact power. Get your weapons 75 and then stop caring about AP. Catch-up shows on the horizon, as well as community shows and things that aren't related to WoW at all. So until next Sunday, everybody. I'll see you here and <gasps> bye. Bye, 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 wave, wave, bye, the nice people, wave, yeah, wave. Oh, my camera doesn't reach. Did you, you just see it? Come on, you weird pirate-looking boy. Come, yeah, there you, there you go. I like it. <laughs> Good gracious.